Hey, everybody. It's Jacob, Eric, Jake, and Liz of CITR Sports, broadcasting from UBC Point Grey Campus, located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Sports on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC sports news, standings, and stories. Last week, UBC football finally was able to grab a win thanks to the help of the Canada West Offensive Player of the Week, Travel Pinto. UBC would go on to grab a comfortable win by nearly 20 points against their rivals, the Alberta Golden Bears. Elsewhere in UBC sports, volleyball started off its season with their home openers, while soccer dominated. Um, while soccer's dominance hit a speed bump, Yuri Kissel sealed the Thunderbird swimming legacy as he powered on to the Olympics. Basketball blew out the competition. Women's field hockey did have their season end, but it was on a strong note. Men's rugby team keeps growing stronger, while the women's side slid in the Canada West semifinals. Hockey teams had opposite outcomes, and football is in the playoffs. It's exciting. We're going to start off with volleyball. On the men's side of things, it was a tough weekend. Also for the women's, overall, Thunderbirds volleyball had a bit of a rough one. The men's side were blown out by the Alberta Golden Bears in back-to-back 3-1 set losses to open up their national title defense. On Friday, the Thunderbirds were led by rookie Michael Delhaniuk as he put up 14 kills on the night, while second and third years Colton Liu and Jordan Deshane each finished with nine kills. Deshane also added a team-high four blocks, while second-year setter Zek Johnson put up 38 assists, two service aces, and six digs, six digs, doing a nice job to mimic the recently graduated Greek god of Byron Katarakis. Yeah, as we've seen looking to the roster this year, and it's actually a pretty fully new look keepers on the court. And this year, no more Urban Moore, no more, no more Baron Katarakis, Keith Wett, or even Finn McCarthy, of whom were starters on last year's championship team. And in their absence, the Birds have built a new solid group of newcomers who includes Don Hanick, Matt Neves, Gerard Murray, and James Tacken. Yeah, and there was definitely a defensive issue here, but I mean, that's something that comes with players learning to play with each other and having chemistry. They only put up eight total blocks, which again, you have to be in sync with your with your partner on blocking if you're going to throw it up there. The Golden Bears had 13 of them, so definitely a matter of teams not being used to each other. Yeah, and with that came issues with consistency for the Thunderbirds, something they lacked in both games, not just the first one. They committed 28 errors and had a hitting percentage of just 143 in Friday's match, which is nowhere near the quality they need to win a game, especially against a team as good as the Golden Bears. Similarly, on Saturday, the Birds did struggle. They also raised their championship banner from last year thanks to their U Sports national title, but they got pummeled 3-1 to in set count at 19-25, 25-22 in the Birds' favor, then 25-19 and 25-20. Yeah, and this game was all about service errors, not just for UBC, but both teams, as there was a combined 58 of them between the two sides. Even on uh, the two, Alberta really gave UBC the chance to win this one with all those errors, but UBC gave that advantage right back to them as both teams really struggled to serve in this one. Thunderbirds started out hot winning the first set, but then they lost three straight sets. Yeah, and although the Thunderbirds lacks consistency versus the number three ranked Golden Bears, they did showcase some of their depth as Lou, Deshane, Neves, and Nick McElroy led the offensive attack. And it's actually kind of surprising that we see the highlight was Zach uh, Johnson's consistent play and seemingly full-time setter role because we were actually talking about it on, on last last time's show so, as well that's like after the departure of Byron Katarakis who's going to fulfill the setter's role and now 
I'm looking at the 36 assists for the rec the second years after putting up 38 the night before. We can see there's an answer for it. Nice job by Zach Johnson for sure, starting to fill in that role, at least to a degree, of what Byron Katarakis brought to the team. On a not-so-positive note on Saturday's game was Michael Dalhaniuk. He put up big numbers Friday in the stat sheet, but he found himself benched after just the second set after some real after some very real struggles on the court. And then after Friday's game, Jake was able to catch up with the new men's head coach, Mike Hawkins, to talk about the team's new look and performance. So you guys are the defending champs, but this year's team is very different than last year's. What's it been like integrating so many players who don't have much youth sports experience, if any? Yeah, it's been a fun challenge. Um, like This is obviously a very competitive league, and experience is very important, but... We're very fortunate. We have very skilled young players, and there are some challenges that come with that. But um, as a coaching staff, that's exciting to come to work every day because we know that we have very talented athletes that are physical that just need time to mature. And I thought we did a good job at putting pressure on a very veteran team, and I thought at times we showed our age, but at times we looked uh, better beyond our years. Now, this was also your first game in charge of UBC. What has this transition been like for you? That's yeah, been good. Uh, fortunately, I actually coached a lot of these guys in the past, like just on provincial or national teams. So that's definitely helped the transition. Um, the guys have been very open to uh, like my feedback, my personality, and kind of like the like my coaching styles, which so that's been great. But uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a fun challenge. Again, like it's it's a young team, but it's a very skilled team, and I think um, it's been a very I say like it's been a very beautiful challenge for me. Like obviously coming into a, a storied program, uh, and I'm able to leave my imprint on the team and on the on the program so uh yeah it's been great now tonight obviously didn't go as you would have hoped what's what are the biggest areas you feel the team can improve on uh going forwards yeah i thought at times uh our out assistant play kind of dictated the match like i thought we served quite well we put a lot of pressure on them but uh defensively if we can slow down a few more of their out of system attacks uh, and just either turn them into blocks or transition kills. I think that's, that was the difference in a few sets. Uh, and I thought where we had our success is we were just very efficient out of system. Uh, really, it's, it's two talented teams going at it. And in this league, sometimes it's just a, a flip of the coin. And I thought U of A played very well. I think they stuck to their game plan and stuck to their style very well. So that's going to be a challenge for us to kind of lay, lay our style on them and be the ones to dictate the pace. Thank you. Awesome. Back here on Thunderbird Eye, that was Jake McGrail of CITR Sports interviewing head coach of men's volleyball team, Mike Hawkins. The women's side, however, of volleyball wasn't really any better. The Pandas, and yes, it's not the Golden Bears, they still have the different names, which we talked a lot about last year, were able to route UBC three sets to none Friday and then three sets to one Saturday. Real tough weekend for the Thunderbirds overall, claiming only three total sets between both teams. Yeah, it's not an ideal opponent to start your season off against. The Canada West Coaches Poll ranked the Pandas number one heading into this season, and they proved that they are an elite team with this total onslaught against this uh, fresh Thunderbirds team. Yeah, and similar to the men's side, the women's volleyball team has received some lineup changes. Um, last year's setter, also the captain of the team, Alexandra Gentile, as well as the libero Samantha Paco is graduate are graduated, and Gabby Atia is out of all season with an ACL injury. And that's really detrimental to this team. She's redshirting the season, so it doesn't really count against her playtime, but missing the yeah. season where there's already been so many changes for the team, is it's going to be hard for this women's 
UBC yeah. roster. Yeah, and as an add-on to that, Sierra Henley is aboard studying in Scotland this semester, and Ina Press still needs a couple weeks to recover from an ankle injuries. And outside of Liv Furlan and Kieran Reich, that has been given other T-Birds players, such as Captain Victoria Behe and recent transfer Tessa Davis from University of Toronto and Jade Robertson from Eastern Washington University, more playing opportunities, as we can see in the court. Kira Hanley also out, as you mentioned, Anna Price. It's really changed the look of this lineup. The good thing is that Tessa Davis had quite a solid overall weekend for the Thunderbirds. Jade Robertson figuring out her role, uh, both two big women in the middle who can hopefully contribute. Thunderbirds are just going to have to learn how to play with these players and rather than keeping their old style of play. It's just in, in bringing in their styles of play to this team. Friday night match, Kira Van Rijk struggled to get through the Alberta's tough defense at the net, and she committed on her own 13 attack errors. On the other side of things, Liv Ferlin excelled in her new setter role for the year as she was an outside hitter last year. She put up 27 assists, 7 kills, and 14 digs. Mentioned Tessa Davis. She had a stellar third set and found herself more playing time in Saturday night's matchup. And on Saturday, UBC played slightly better than they did on Friday, but they still lost 3-1. to one. They won the first set like the men's team did on their Saturday night, but then lost three straight, also just like the men's side. Yeah, but thankfully, the Kiamurai still had a, able to get a chance to bounce back performance on Saturday and led the team with 18 kills and 14 dicks. Furland put up another stellar performance with 38 assists, 8 kills, 3 blocks, and 10 dicks. Furland's a beast. It is. The Thunderbirds' newbies lacked the firepower from Friday's nice opener, and the team was overdid by themselves. Too many errors cost them the match, and something not something not that surprising with such a new team. We're seeing two liberos out of this team so far, Casey Jost and Jessica Ridge. They're going to need to step up, step up big time in future games if this 2018-19 team wants to win. With Liv Ferlin posting some of those stat lines she did over the weekend, I was able to catch up with the setter after Friday night's match to talk to her about her new role and her team's play over the weekend. A strong individual game, 7 kills, 27 assists, and 14 digs. How did you find your personal success tonight? Um, I think I kind of found my personal success by just going point by point, not really thinking of the main outcome of the game and just thinking what's my job in this moment and how can I make this play better for all the girls around me. Okay, and how do you feel about your new role on the team, pseudo-setter, really? Um, well, I guess I've actually been a setter all my life, and last year kind of got thrown into right side, so I've been kind of used to that, but honestly, I love it. I love having the control of being the setter on the court and then sometimes getting thrown to right side just to throw the opponents off is kind of like it's a fun experience for me and tonight it was a 0-3 sweep against you guys what do you think went wrong on the court as a team um I think we're just trying to find our team chemistry I mean I don't think we necessarily played a bad game there are quite a few errors on our side and quite a few areas where we're in complete control that I think tomorrow night if we Basically, if we keep our errors to a minimum, then I think we've got a really good chance against them. How do you feel about the new players on the team? Oh, they're awesome. So much energy. There's so many of them, but they really bring a good vibe. So it's going to be a good year, I think. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, no, I think that's it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Welcome back to Thunderbird Eye. Looking at soccer, the Thunderbirds ended the Canada West regular season on a somewhat lower note as both teams, which had been perfect for weeks, stumbled a bit last weekend. For the first time all year, the women's team went two games without a win as they lost to powerhouse Trinity Western 2-1 and then tied Fraser Valley 2-2. Against the Spartans, it was Kathleen Chin who scored both goals for the visitors, with Danielle Steer grabbing a light 
late consolation marker for the Thunderbirds. They started brighter against the Cascades with Steer and Alyssa Hunt giving UBC a 2-0 lead, but then Fraser Valley scored twice in the second half to force the draw. Very uncharacteristic this past weekend to see the Fraser Valley come back after the Thunderbirds posted a 2-0 lead. It doesn't make sense really with the rest of their play, and this was actually the third time all season they've given up multiple goals and it was the first time against someone other than the Trinity Western Spartans. Yeah and we have to say that lose to Trinity Western was a bit of a momentum killer and the Thunderbirds have now lost to Spartans twice this year and in the regular season third in Canada West with a 10-2-3-2-1 record behind Trinity Western which is 12-2, BTBC twice and Calgary which is 13-1 have only conceded five goals all season. Thunderbirds are good. Um but if they want to be able to excel in the playoffs, they are going to have to pull a few upsets. This bit, of, not really too much of, you know, it, it does kill the momentum to a degree, but you don't know maybe if they were pulling back a bit towards the end just because they want to make sure everyone was healthy for playoffs. Like I said, though, not they're not quite at the top of the Canada West standings, and they are going to have to fight their way if they want that title this year. Still definitely a contender, though. Of course. Yeah, absolutely, and they'll um, get that playoff season underway. They start on Sunday at home against either Manitoba or UNBC in the quarterfinal. The men's side nearly finished the regular season unbeaten, but they let one game slip away right at the end. They first beat UBC 0-2-0 behind goals from Victory Shambusho and Riley Pang before losing 1-0 on the road to Thompson Rivers, their first loss of the year. Josh Banton scored the only goal for the Wolfpack as the Thunderbirds finished the regular season comfortably at the top of the Pacific Division with a 13-1-2 record. Yeah, and the Thunderbirds, I mean, yeah, they sort of, they did uh, fail to close out the season with the undefeated, but they were rotating. I mean, Shambusho didn't play, Clark didn't play, uh, basically none of their big star players played. Um, and I mean, that's I, if they're preparing for the playoffs, I get it, but it would have been cool to see the undefeated streak uh, continue. And the Wolfpack did have good reason to, you know, put their best foot forward in this one. With that win, their victory, not our victory, Shambu show. Uh, <laughs> yes, I said that. Uh, but it was able to push them into that final playoff spot and edging out UNBC. And maybe UBC just being a little bit generous there, allowing Thompson Rivers to, to beat them, get into the playoffs. <laughs> Despite all that, they're still a very strong contender, one of the best teams in the country. Although Alberta in Canada West also, un- they had an undefeated season of their own, 12-0-2. Alberta really a thorn in the side of the Thunderbirds <laughs> in a lot of sports so far this season. It was a bit of a tough weekend in a few sports. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if the soccer team can avenge the volleyball team if they meet in the Canada West playoffs. But first, the Thunderbirds will play Mount Royal at home on Saturday in the Canada West quarterfinals. Yep, and up next we have some news from swimming. The, unde- uh, the defending U-Sports Championship UBC swimming team continued their winning streak with a victory in the Swim BC Senior Circuit, taking home the number one title again after showing off their talent in the Mel Sajak Junior International Swim Meet this summer. Side note, our great Yuri Kissel, the missile, he actually has decided to take a break from UBC swimming and... Go on to prepare for the upcoming 2020 Olympics. Congratulations to him. Those Olympics are happening in Tokyo, and it's exciting to see just the output we get consistently from this UBC swimming program. We're going to take a quick break for um, ads and PSAs, and we will join you after the break. Hey there. My name is Callum Ng, the executive director of BC Athlete Voice. We're an athlete-focused organization helping British Columbia's athletes become their best. How do we do that? Well, if you're a BC athlete, we can help you with pretty much everything related to leadership, advocacy, and education. 
For example, we can help you find funding, start a new athlete group, or develop better public speaking skills. It's all at bcathletevoice.ca. And don't forget to look for us on Twitter and Facebook by searching BC Athlete Voice. Check it out. Are you starting fresh this year and looking for new, exciting activities to do with friends on campus? Did you watch theater in high school and now miss it? Feeling overwhelmed and need a break? Come and escape to another world through thrilling live performance right on campus. Celebrate with us the 60th anniversary of UBC Theater and Films 2018-19 season. <laughs> Still need more convincing? It's only 11.50 for UBC students with your card. And bring your ticket into Kerner's after the show to get 10% off your food. Check out theaterfilm.ubc.ca today. Moving on to basketball, the Thunderbirds' weekend trip to Edmonton was a resounding success as the women's team defeated both the University of Calgary and the University of Lethbridge in preseason play, their final preseason games before the regular season starts up this weekend. The Birds' Friday afternoon game in the Savile Community Sports Center was a 62-59 victory over the Dinos, and on Saturday, the Birds won again with a 69-59 victory over the Pronghorns. I love seeing these wins from UBC women's basketball in particular. Keelan Filwich, what a weekend for her. Stuffed the stat sheet, put up 21 points, and recorded a crazy 16 rebounds for a double-double. And Maddie Penn also contributed 13 points and 7 rebounds. Yeah, and then Penn on the, in the Lethbridge game, she was the leading scorer for the Thunderbirds with 16 points, and Jess Hansen dropping 15 as well and 3 for 4 from beyond the arc. Good to see a trio and not just a duo out on the court. Especially if Hansen can continue that three-point threat. That'll be huge for them if it's uh, legit this season. And these were two good wins for the Thunderbirds as both Calgary and Lethbridge finished ahead of UBC in the standings last season, making a bit of a statement early on here in preseason. And the Canada West regular season tips off this weekend in a Friday-Saturday doubleheader hey, War hey. Memorial Gym against the University of Saskatchewan Huskies. And those games on Friday and Saturday will be broadcast live here on CITR. Courtside. Courtside will be exciting. Uh, I will be bringing you the play-by-play alongside Natalie Scadden, who joined us for a few games last year, and Doug Richards for the men's side. And that men's team also had a successful Edmonton trip, beating the Brock Badgers and the Lakehead Thunderwolves. Friday, the UBC played a tight game against the Badgers, but managed to pull away and seal the victory midway through the fourth. And on Saturday, the Thunderbirds took on the Thunderwolves and blew them out 107-70. to we Men- have the better Thunder animals. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that was quite quite the win there. Men's team, like the they, electric game. <laughs> they found their wins, but they struggled from free throw line. Charity Stripe only brought them 65% uh, success rate. And, you know, there's still kinks to work out for this team overall. In the Brock game, in the Brock game, Jaden Cohey led the Birds scoring with 18 points as four Thunderbirds scored in double figures, including Grant Shepard, and Mason Borsier and Cam Morris. Uh, Grant Shepard also put up 13 points in addition to nine rebounds. And Shepard and Borsier both stepped it up as the Kelowna duo against Lakehead had monster performances with Shepard dropping 24 points, grabbing 12 rebounds. Borsier scored 23 points on 9 of 13 shooting. Kohi scored 19 and Morris chipped in with 11 for a second straight game. Yeah, Mason Borsier making some noise leading up to the preseason. 17 points, 4 assists in his last three preseason games and shooting 71% from the field, 4 for 6 from 3, not too shabby. Shepard. 
really exciting to see him step up like this, especially with all those players that we talked to. Thunderbirds got revamped in volleyball, in basketball, in a lot of sports this year, but starting to see some of these different young stars rising to the occasion. Yeah, very different year. Should be an exciting year with all these younger players. And the men also will be taking on Saskatchewan at home at courtside this weekend. Tune in. It will be at 5 p.m. on Friday for the women's and then the men's game. Excuse me, 6 p.m. on Friday for the women's game. Men's will follow afterwards at whatever time uh, is dictated by the women's game. Yeah, and a bit of a summary of both rugby and field hockey. Um, on Saturday and Sunday, the women's rugby team lost tw- 26-0 to zero against the University of Victoria Vikings in uh, the Canada West semifinal, ending their so season. So sad. And they, they really fell on their faces towards the end of the season there. That doesn't mean they're not a good team. This group was strong, better than we've seen from women's rugby in the past couple of years. And Rory Wood won the Canada West Rookie of the Year and third-year prop Tess Woldring won the conference's Student Athlete Community Service Award. Uh, Sarah Clock, another prop, and center Shozana Sumantufa, Somantafa, excuse me again, uh, both made the Canada West All-Star team. So seeing different pieces from this women's rugby side coming together and putting up some sizable stats and, of course, that charity community award, which really speaks to the atmosphere of the team. Yeah, definitely trending in the right direction. Yeah, and on the men's side, in the first leg of the Whitman Boots in this, sat- in this Sunday, the Thunderbirds were victorious over the University of Victoria Vikings. The birds came back from down 19-12 at halftime to win 45-26. to Yeah, two more big points in the Legends Cup. Um, we're definitely winning that by quite a bit. <laughs> doesn't hurt, though, to get a couple extra. Uh, the team has a bye week coming up and will play November 3rd against Burnaby Lake at home. Yeah, and big stuff happening on men's on women's field hockey play, and play they played the uh, University of Calgary at home in the Canada West Conference doubleheader this weekend. The Thunderbirds defeated them twice, one zero in both games. However, those score lines were not good enough to prepare the Thunderbirds to the national championship series, as Victoria edged them on goal differences. So the Thunderbirds' reign of seven straight U- sports title has come to an end. No, <laughs> it was so awesome to be able to say that we will win the following year for women's field hockey it's a bit sad knowing that we didn't even make it to the finals this year yeah the ultimate dynasty really is over and we'll have to see if any other Thunderbirds team in any sport can come close to what that women's field hockey did for years after that Sunday match four Thunderbirds were named to the 2018 Canada West all-star team similar numbers to women's rugby those players include fifth-year goalkeeper Rowan Harris second-year defender Sarah Goodman third-year midfielder Margaret Pham, and third-year forward Abby McClellan. Yeah, men's and women's hockey, ice hockey, had uh, two very different weekends. Uh, the women's team were hosting the Calgary Dinos. It didn't take them long to get going. Ireland Parrott scored her first of the season just six minutes into the game. It took until the end of the period for UBC to double their lead when the Thunderbirds converted their first power play of the night on an Ashley McFadden marker. And that was all the scoring to report until two empty netters sealed the deal in the third. The second period was a true goaltending duel between Amelia Bone and Kelsey Roberts. And seeing them score on power play was key. Last week, we were talking about their struggles on the power play. Moving in the right direction here. Yeah, and the Thunderbirds outshot the Dinos 40-20 to in this one. It's been a theme, really, this women's hockey team. They've been piling up the shot count. And while it's not always the perfect indicator of the balance of play, the Thunderbirds with that scoreline, definitely showed that they did deserve to win that game. Absolutely. Saturday's game, a mirror image of the previous night setting. Seven minutes into the opening frame, Logan Boyd scored a great goal to put the Birds up by one, and the Thunderbirds penalty kill came up big on two occasions. 
when the Birds finally got an advantage of their own. Rookie defender Ryland McKinnon sniped a wrister to beat to double the UBC lead, and Hannah Clayton Carroll and Emily Castellas added third-period insurance markers to give UBC their second 4-0 win in as many nights. Friday night, they're working the power play. Saturday night, they're shutting down the opposition's 14 of 15 penalties were killed in this game by the Thunderbirds. That's that's their uh, season total. <laughs> that would be kind of wild if they did. <laughs> nah, I was going to say. <laughs> it was going to be kind of, because we've th- been talking about their disciplinary issues, but I mean, 15 power plays would be <laughs> a lot. Half the game but, but, being able, but being able to do that on the season still. Oh, absolutely. The fact that they've only let in one power play goal is Really incredible. strong. Really strong win down a player. Uh, even if they do get into penalty penalty trouble, they seem to be able to get out of it most of the time. Yeah, and they managed to fully double up the shot count once again. Very hard to do that. They outshot the Downers 32-15. to 15. They've been absolutely unstoppable this year. Yeah, the men's team were very stoppable this weekend. Uh, Real bad. Yeah, uh, hot on the heels of a four-game winning streak to start the season, which they looked really good. Um, but they conceded a goal just six minutes into their first game. Ten minutes later, the lead was tripled when the Dinos scored less, uh, twice in less than 30 seconds. UBC scored to cut the lead to two, but Calgary scored twice again in under two minutes to put the game out of reach. They dropped that one 5-2. to two. On Saturday, I don't really have anything to say about this game other than that they lost 8-2. to two. When it's a six-goal differential, I mean, there's yeah. not too much to say. What can you say? do, right? Um, it's, everyone has off weeks. That's all I can really say about it. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty weird to see this given how well they started the season and unlike the women's game it's not like the shot differential was super crazy in this game and penalties wasn't really the reason either calgary actually took twice as many penalties as ubc in that eight to two win it's just it all went wrong for ubc yeah dom Lachizan at the athletic calls this one a massive pdo bender and i get it <laughs> their save percentage cratered and their shooting percentage also cratered in this sort of perfect uh, cacophony of horrible play <laughs> Uh, the nature of PDO is basically that any huge dips or spikes, this was a pretty big dip in PDO, are almost always luck-based, be it good or bad. So I wouldn't be too worried. We'll see what hockey is able to do. Side of football, thankfully, things are looking real up, and really? I admittedly yeah. had a really <laughs> bad prediction about three weeks ago. We told you to be optimistic, Jacob. UBC football now sits in second place in the Canada West standings. I can't believe I'm saying that. After defeating the Alberta Golden Bears 32-11, it was a game that was actually due to delayed by an hour due to Alberta flying into Vancouver. It, the flight was delayed for fog. So what do you think the team is going to do on the field? They were all exhausted. The UBC team has now miraculously gone from 1 and 4 to a 4 and 3 record thanks to that whole dis- debacle <laughs> with the Regina Rams having the illegal player and they've clinched a playoff spot. And in addition to that, they'll actually have if they can get a win this upcoming weekend against Manitoba, they could actually lock up home field advantage in the semifinals. Wow. A big reason for this run, as usual, Michael O'Connor. He lit up the Golden Bears for a season-high 427 Man. passing yards. All right, Drew Brees. And Drew Brees two touchdowns. I was just about to say. He threw 30 for 35 on the night. Absolutely unstoppable. Unreal. And Travel Pinto, unstoppable as well. Racked up 198 receiving yards on 11 catches. And go. scored UBC's first touchdown of the day for that incredible performance. He won Canada West Offensive Player of the Week beating out, really, his teammate O'Connor there. We got a Drew Brees and a Michael Thomas. Right, and it's good to see Pinto get work. This actually wasn't that clean of a game. It's The Golden Bears had a huge disadvantage coming in sleep-deprived, and they were playing in opposition territory with minimal, you know, the minimal sleep. I think the Thunderbirds have a lot of improvement that's going to need to happen if they want to see themselves succeed in the playoffs. Other than that, though, first-year defensive back James Voss picked off Alberta quarterback Brad Baker twice in another dominant showing from this T-Birds defense. 
defense, and this is going to have to continue into the playoffs as well. Yeah, peaking at the right time. Absolutely. Taking a look at what we've got coming up for you next week, obviously that big basketball courtside event will have those games for you on CITR. We've got women's ice hockey uh, hosting Alberta, women's volleyball visiting Thompson Rivers. Um, we've got men's hockey um, visiting Alberta as well. And um, swimming, uh, doing that dual meet, as we mentioned, in Calgary. That big football game, as you mentioned, against Manitoba with home home ice advantage. Hoping home ice advantage, <laughs> home field advantage on the line. And we all know Eric is the hockey nut. The hockey nut, the volleyball nut, all the sports I used to play. Hey guys, I not football. Sport. Not football. <laughs> I, I, I I was too small for football. Uh, men's soccer, uh, Mount Royal. You know, getting ready for that uh, national championship. Already got a spot, but nice to see them perform in the in the playoffs. And that's about it for this weekend. Exciting stuff coming up for Thunderbirds sports overall. Again, please do tune in Friday night. It should be great games for the court side. It's great to see that women's vol- women's basketball in particular has really picked things up. Filowich filling that role of what Maddie Penn used to be and seeing Hanson pick up her role as, as that third member of the trio. And thank you all so much for tuning in to CITR 101.9. Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at CITR Sports. You've been listening to Thunderbird Eye. Next up on CITR is the Art Support. This has been Jacob, Eric, Jake, and Liz with contributions from Spencer Latu and Philip Sin. Listen Wednesdays from 4.35 p.m. and have a wonderful evening. Gather all.